0: Well, my wife Nancy and I have been exploring the book way down in Cincinnati. It's called Happy for No Good Reason. <laughs> it's by Marcy Shimoff, and it's a great book. Highly recommend it. And Marcy tells a story <clears throat> about a, a man who went to a sage to get some advice. He was... Well-dressed in his $3,000 suit, wearing some real high-dollar shoes, gold just dripping from his neck, and he goes to the sage and he asks the simple question, what do I need to give up to have the experience of happiness and inner peace? Now, a lot of us have asked a similar question. Usually it's, what do I have to do to get happiness and inner peace? Well, the sage replied. He says, well, I have some good news and I have some bad news. Now, the good news is you don't have to give up all your stuff. And I can see you have a lot of it. But you don't have to give that up. The bad news is you're going to have to give up something that may be even more difficult. You're going to have to give up the way that you think. Hmm. Now, scientists tell us that we have approximately 60,000 thoughts every day. Can you imagine? 60,000 thoughts a day. That's in Burlington we'd say that's put near one every second. <laughs> that's a lot of thinking. And what's interesting about those 60,000 thoughts is that 95% of those thoughts are the same thoughts that we thought yesterday and the day before and the day before. So we're a whole lot like a record that has a skip in it and keeps for those of you who don't remember records It's like an iPod caught in a loop. just keeps (laughs) repeating over and over. But here's what I find interesting. 80% of those 60,000 thoughts, over 45,000 of those thoughts are negative thoughts. Can you imagine? 45,000 negative thoughts a day. Why is this important to know? Well, because, and I'm going to read right here, it says researchers at the National Institute of Health have measured the flow of blood and activity patterns in the brain and have found that negative thoughts stimulate the areas of the brain that are involved in depression and anxiety. How about that? On the other hand, Positive thoughts have a calming beneficial effect on our minds, on the brain. This means that our negative thoughts are like poison to our system and our positive thoughts are like healing herbs and medicine for our system. And now for some good news. We don't have to get rid of 45,000 Negative thoughts that would be a lot to do We don't have to do that, but what we do have to do is to realize come to the realization that our brains our Thoughts the thoughts that we're thinking are not always true Is this a revelation or what? (laughs) The thoughts that we think the vast majority of them are not true And we're so used to believing our thoughts that we just automatically react to them as though they are true, but they're not. And the truth is, we don't even realize it when we're doing it. We're just on automatic doing it. So I would just ask you to think of a time in your life where you made an assumption about something. And you knew for sure it was not gonna be a pleasant experience, a pleasant interchange. You just knew it. You know, not too long ago, a person asked me to go to lunch. I've known this person for a good, a good long time, and, and they're kind of what I would say of a negative influence kind of person. They're always talking negativity. So I wasn't really looking forward to doing it, but hey, I've got the title minister, so I'm going to lunch anyway. <laughs> So we go out to lunch, and guess what? It turned out to be a very pleasant lunch. I enjoyed myself. It was totally different than what I anticipated. Mark Twain said this, I am an old man and have known many troubles, but most of them never happened. (laughs) And yet we allow our thoughts, our negative thoughts, to upset us, even before we have the experience. The truth is, we don't have a crystal ball. And so I'm going to give you some advice today. Now, unity ministers usually don't give advice. But today is an exception. So when you're having all of those negative thoughts, remember this advice. Stop it. <laughs> Quit. It does not serve you. You know, when we have a negative experience, and in this journey called life, we all have negative experiences from time to time, those negative experience, experiences tend to stick to us like Velcro. And the opposite is true. When we have a positive experience, it kind of sticks to us like Teflon. You know, if, if we go out tomorrow and we have ten wonderful compliments paid to us, And then we have one negative criticism made of us. When we go home tomorrow night, what are we going to be thinking about? (laughs) The one. The one. And you know, what psychologists call this, the tendency of our negative bias. For whatever reason, we tend to focus on the negative. But unlike an old dog, we can be taught. New tricks. Changing our thought produces changes in our brains. Oh, yeah. Research has shown that when we change our thinking to support our happiness, the negative neural pathways in our brains actually shrink, and our positive neural pathways open up. This means it becomes even easier to think positive thoughts The more we can think positive, the better we are able to think more positive thoughts. You know, Myrtle Fillmore, the co-founder, one of the co-founders of Unity, was was able to bring about a healing because of the thoughts that she held in mind. So if she could do it, the question we can ask of ourselves, can I get this to work for me to create a life of happiness? Can I? Well, stay tuned. When our author interviewed her top 100, as she called them, that would be the top 100 happiest people that she could find, here's what she found. Happy people register their happy thoughts more deeply and savor their positive experiences. I'm going to say it again. Happy people register their happy thoughts more deeply and savor their positive experiences. And that means they are focusing and emphasizing the good in their lives. So I'm going to ask Joy and our music team to come on up. And we're going to start exploring happiness habits for the mind. But to set the mood, I'm going to ask Joy to lead us in a tune that you are all familiar with. thus So I want to explore with you three habits. The first habit is this. Question your thoughts. Anthony DeMello, a Jesuit priest and psychotherapist, said this. There is only one cause of unhappiness. Only one cause. The false beliefs you have in your head. Beliefs so widespread, so commonly held, that it never occurs to you To question them. How about that? It's all within you. How can you tell if your mind is telling you the truth? What a good question that is, George. How can you tell? Well, you can tell by asking, is this thought really true? Anybody ever heard of Byron Katie? Is this thought Really? True? Would I rather be thinking something else? You know, the truth is, we can either be right about our unhappiness or we could be happy. It's a choice. We get to pick. When we take our upsets with a grain of salt and don't buy into why our upsets are real, why our upsets can't be changed, our lives transform. The second happiness habit is this. Go beyond the mind and let go. Go beyond the mind, that's all that rational stuff. Go beyond the mind and let go. Ajahn Chah, a 20th century Buddhist monk said, If you let go a little, you will have a little peace. And if you let go a lot, you'll have a lot of peace. And if you let go completely, you'll have complete peace. Now back in 1952, a very successful entrepreneur by the name of Lester Sedona, anybody ever heard of Lester Sedona? It was a long time ago. He was a very unhappy and unhealthy person. Let me tell you a little bit about his condition. He suffered from depression, an enlarged liver, kidney stones, spleen trouble, hyperacidity, and ulcers. Good grief. (laughs) And after after, uh, suffering his second coronary, yeah, two heart attacks, he was sent home to die. But instead of dying, he did some serious soul searching. And he found what he considered to be the ultimate tool for personal growth. And he used it to heal himself. And after he used that to heal himself, he lived for another 42 years. It took him about three months to do it. And this is your lucky day. I'm going to share it with you. (laughs) What he discovered was, he would take a pen or a pencil and he would grip it really tightly. Those, that grip on that pen represents our thoughts and our feelings. We just grip them really tight sometimes. The, the pen is our thoughts and feelings. Our hand is our awareness that wraps around it. Now, As we do this for any length of time, the pen gets very uncomfortable. could even be painful. But if we hold it long enough, we tend to just tolerate it, put up with it, and just think, well, that's the way it is. We don't even realize that we're doing it. If we loosen the pen and let it roll around just a little, we can see that, oh, it's not really part of my hand. It's free from my hand. We're not attached to our thoughts and feelings, even though it might feel that way. We're not attached to them. And if we just tilt our hand and let that pin drop, what happens? We drop what we've been holding on to. So it's all symbolic. We drop what we've been holding on to. And that's what it means to let go of our unhappy thoughts and feelings. So the next time you're feeling stuck, think about that pin, you might even practice it. The last of the three happiness habits for the mind is this. Incline your mind toward joy. Incline your mind toward joy. A 20th century novelist named Colette said, what a wonderful life I've had. I only wished that I'd realized it sooner. (laughs) Life slips away so quickly. Because our inborn tendency is to focus on negative thoughts, we We have to wake up to that tendency. In unity circles, we say it this way. Look for the good and claim it. Look for the good and claim it. You know, when our our lives are filled with blessings, it's really hard to go around feeling sorry for ourselves. It is. But we need to look for the good. You know why? Because... Our lives are filled with blessings. They're already there, but it's up to us to put our focus there. The other day, I took my grandkids, I have two, a nine-year-old and a four-year-old, and we went shoe shopping for the younger one. Her name is Rue, R-U-E, and Rue doesn't like shoe shopping. Well, she likes the look, but when she tries on shoes, they never fit, and they seem to always hurt her feet. And not only that, the ones she approves of, is the looks of, it's rare. So I'm out with Rue and my other granddaughter, and we're shoe shopping. And she's doing a lot of fussing about shoes. But finally, we found a pair that she liked the looks of. They seemed to fit her okay. She wasn't complaining. And on the way to the counter to pay for the shoes, I thought to myself, this has been a wonderfully blessed experience. But was it really? Was it? I was just out shoe shopping. And what made this particular experience so special? I thought that this opportunity, this moment, was a blessed moment because I was filled with the appreciation of being with my kids. And it was a blessing just to think that. Now, I had a choice. I could have been upset with a finicky kid that got fussy trying on shoes. That would be easy to do. I could either put my focus there, or I could savor the experience and be at joy and be at peace and feel totally blessed. What was the difference? Simple. It was only the thoughts I was thinking. It was the same experience. I was the thinker that was thinking the thoughts. Joy? I am a thinker. You know, every day. Every day, almost in every moment, we have the opportunity to think the thoughts that create our life experience. It's just the way life works. It's written, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I love you. I bless you. I behold the living Spirit of God in you. Thanks for having me back. It's been a pleasure to be with you today.